Hi, I'm Superbuzz. Welcome to the Net Hero podcast. Now, I was I was looking forward to this, but it's a bit like the dentist. It's kind of something you need to go through, but it's, I find it very traumatic. Today, we're going to look at the world of <gasps> blockchain. Now, you may have heard this phrase. You've probably seen it bandied around, but it's one of those things that sort of uh, makes me feel like I'm looking at the matrix, looking at the code. But we're looking at blockchain and how blockchain technology could be used to work in the world of carbon offsets. Now, many of you know what a carbon offset is and, you know, there are ways of getting carbon credits. But we're going to look at that whole sphere of it and we're going to look at it with uh, an expert, a man who's founded some companies in this weird digital world that I find very difficult to understand. So it's my pleasure to welcome from New York. I hope you're in New York. I might go wrong. You might be somewhere else, but yeah, your, your company's based in New York. Uh, Shudan Guran, who is one of the founders of Blue Sphere Carbon Exchange. It's a great name. Shudan, how are you? Great. Thanks very much, Samit, for uh, having me on the show. I don't know if you are in New York. I'm, I've just said that. I know your company's based no, there. But maybe. I'm not in New York myself. I'm, I'm in the Pacific Northwest, but, but oh, the company's based okay. out of New York. Cool. Very nice. All right. So let's start with some basics, okay? What the hell is a carbon credit? Let's go with that to begin with. Yeah, that's 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 a great question. Uh, so you know, carbon credits and and uh, cap and trade are are just you know mechanisms to account for uh, you know your your carbon footprint and and somebody else's carbon footprint who's who's actually taken carbon away from the 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 uh, atmosphere. You can offset yours with what they've done essentially. It's a way of generating a unit of value that is based on conserving natural capital, whether it's a forest, you know, removing carbon from the atmosphere, whatever, really. And, and that's, that's, that's the idea, to, to have better accounting and yeah. make, make sure that, that we're meeting our climate goals, really. It's been around a while. I think, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I have done a little bit about it, but I still find it very difficult. I mean, years ago when I was at the BBC, I did a piece about it. But the, the background to this from what I remember, I don't know if it came out of Kyoto or, or, or whatever, but it, the idea was that there are nations that are using carbon and, tr and polluting and whatever, and there are nations that could get money they need for development. And the idea is that the polluters sort of pay the, the people who've got lots of green space to say, hang on a second, we might be polluting here, but we're going to give you money that will help you develop, but also you know, use your your green lungs to, to offset what I'm doing. And it was, I think it sort of came out of um, sort of the World Wildlife Fund. I'm, I'm not too sure, but is that the kind of background that it's it's from? It's about that basic thing. And some people don't like it because they call it a license to pollute. That's the essence of, of what you're what you're talking about, isn't it? The essence is that we have to control how much carbon we're we're outputting. So we 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 have absolutely have to reduce it as as a plan in cooperation. The only way we can do that is, is to have checks and balances. It doesn't really matter who is reducing it as long as somebody yeah. is reducing it. And the net effect is, is you know, a, a reduction in, in how much carbon we're, we're, we're outputting into the atmosphere, right? So it's, it's a very rare commodity because, you know, if you're offsetting carbon somewhere else, there's, there's only certain, you know, amount of land and processes that, that can sequester that carbon. So... Yeah. You know, it, it's it's a very valuable thing, and and what we want to do is incentivize people to to keep that land natural, or, or or to come up with technologies for sequestering carbon, maybe through direct uh, air capture, for example. 
or through uh, you know following regenerative agricultural practices that that actually have farms sequester carbon instead of releasing it through through some very simple mechanisms actually. So to incentivize all of this and and to keep the proper checks and balances so we know how much carbon we are outputting as a planet, you know these these uh, carbon credit uh, programs have been established by governments and 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 also non-government organizations so you 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 mentioned the world uh, wildlife fund yeah they they did initiate one carbon credit program but there's many and they certainly weren't the first so you know that's that's uh, those form the basis of uh, voluntary credits which are just you know community driven carbon credits essentially versus the ma- the compliance credits which are uh, mandated by by governments internally or or in cooperation through bilateral agreements. So, you know, that's 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 essentially what carbon credits are about. And, they, and there are quite different types of carbon credits, aren't there? I've, I've heard that there's in these voluntary reductions and the mm-hmm. certified uh, emissions reductions, VER or CER. I hate technical terms, but kind of those seem to... Can you explain what what that means and what, what, what the credence and the difference between the two are? Certified emission reductions can be voluntary credits as well, by the way. And, and most of them actually are. But the Kyoto Protocol, part of it was actually establishing this, this kind of marketplace and, and, and a cap and trade program. And that's, that's where these things evolved out of. Voluntary organizations came to be because the, the UN program wasn't really working well. And at some point, it actually crashed quite a bit as far as the value goes and whatnot. And, yeah. and people were just getting fed up with the inefficiencies and the greenwashing that was coming out of that space. So they put a lot of pressure on businesses saying, you know, what, what, what you guys are really buying and claiming that you're carbon neutral is not necessarily the truth. I mean, I mean, you're, you're not accounting for these things properly and you're not really sequestering or, or reducing carbon to, to the degrees that, that you claim you are because their methodologies are flawed. So that's, that's kind of where the voluntary markets came out because these businesses, you know, whether through their own volition or, or, or just not wanting the negative feedback from, from their customers, clients, and other stakeholders, started buying higher quality credits from voluntary organizations. That's, that's essentially really what, what happened. Yeah. And uh, since then, I mean, things have changed a lot because now the UN has kind of said, well, let's look at potentially making the voluntary markets the compliance market in certain respects. So the airline industry now is allowed to offset their carbon footprint Using uh, using voluntary credits as long as they're of you know certain kinds and approved by certain UN organizations. And this is the this is the issue, isn't it? Really, that I mean, I was at COP in Glasgow, and you know, the one thing that never came out of COP, and I don't know how the, you know, I thought this would be the moment they say like there's an official tax on carbon, and this is a you create a global trading platform. The way that money is traded, you start to trade carbon. But the the, the truth is, you know, and it's, it's still very haphazard and unregulated isn't it really this whole carbon space i mean for example what is it what is it what is a credit worth how many is it in dollars is it in pounds i mean what what is kind of one ton carbon credit how much is that is there a value it's more like the diamond industry than than what you'd expect of you know uh, a digital instrument that that shouldn't be anything like it in in the sense that you know one credit can be sold to one customer for one price and sold for three times as much to another, by by a broker, for example, like, yeah. like from, from one project. So, but but um, this is the thing that makes me wonder: how, how do you put the value on it? Because if it's emitted like somewhere in 
you know, sequestered it. I thought, well, how does it change in value just through transaction? Yeah, I mean, that's a big problem. And that's, that's, that's one of the solutions that we're trying to address. You know, having a centralized marketplace where, where you can do price discovery, everything is out there. Is, is important and it's, it's appalling that, you know, for so many years these markets have existed and nothing like this is, has existed, right? Having standards that are a lot more open than the current standards and registries is very important as well. So the problems with, with greenwashing are, are very real. The, the fact that a carbon credit can be generated for pennies and then sold by a broker for many dollars is, is a big problem because usually these are, um, you know, indigenous lands and whatnot and you know places where where the people who are actually generating it aren't necessarily getting the bulk of the money for it yeah that's exactly right. all these things are big problems but it's it's still a nascent space and uh you know you 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 have to believe that market dynamics will 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 favor the best quality ones winning really right i mean right now microsoft for example yeah uh, no, no longer buys uh credits that are that are low quality they're they're under extreme scrutiny and 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 you know it's it's really part of their mandate now that they have to buy the best of the best kinds of credits. The the same thing goes for for most companies in Silicon Valley. I wish I I could say that the same thing applies to the airline industry, but you know because they have to buy so much, they're tending to go for the, the cheapest available that gets it them across. The from the yeah, yeah, get it. I mean, right? if we could explain to the listener, I suppose the way to think about it is. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. So, say I'm a farmer and, I, and I'm in the Philippines and I have some land. Who decides that a ton of carbon that's captured by my land or my plants, whatever it is, is worth, I don't know, $2, right? As a credit. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll, so who's, I'll who's deciding that? And before it even gets to the market. I'll give a more concrete example. If you are uh, a gas company, a, a major Russian gas company, right. and you own or have rights to many thousands of hectares of land in Indonesia mm -hmm. that you just, you know, are you have rights to them because you want to turn them into palm oil fields, right? Yeah. But in the meantime, you're finding the uh, easiest carbon credit scheme to work with as far as lax rules goes. And you're generating carbon credits on that land in the meantime, because you just haven't reached it yet as far as, you know, plowing the land. That's kind of nonsense, right? But that exists today, right? There, there, there are lands like that. But then, at the, you know, same term. So what about, I'm saying is no one's policing it. There isn't some environmental agency. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't need anybody to police it. That's, that's, that's no. the voluntary market. What, what, there we what, go. What, you, what, what you really need is to have transparency, a very competitive marketplace where things aren't hidden, and then to call out the, the parties that are, that are buying the nonsense. <laughs> versus somebody who who is buying very high quality credits yeah. that have been vetted. There's there's vetting organizations. So the the idea that that you know regulators will fix this problem, no, they won't. I mean, you know, I, I mm. regulators are are the last people that, that you should really rely on for these things. If if the market can do it, it'll do it a lot more efficiently. And that's that. already happening today. A good quality credit can go for forty dollars, right? right. Yeah. Uh, horrible credit can go for ten cents. Yeah. So this is the thing. The value of the credit is very interesting, isn't it? So yeah, yeah it's totally arbitrary from what you're saying. Depending it, it on is, it is. Yeah. And as far as accounting goes, when 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 a business says that you know we've we've offset our carbon footprint, 
You have yeah. to ask him, well, what, what did you offset it with? And I think, yeah, I think having yeah. those kinds of disclosures, for example, the, the, the SEC has made those kinds of disclosures a lot more um, scrutinized than, than, than it did in the past, right? So, so right now, you, companies that, that do buy these credits have to say where they bought them from, you know, what kind of credits they are, and all of that has to be reported. They, they can't just make stuff up anymore, right? I mean, it's fine. You can you can you can buy you know some kind of you know uh, renewable energy credits in India, for example, from from a project that everybody knows is completely made up, right? Uh, but <laughs> the world will know it, right? At the end yeah. of the day, right? The, the the world will know it, and it wouldn't have served any purpose for you to buy it. So that's how things should be regulated: is to encourage a lot of marketplaces and exchanges to exist for these products to encourage people to have rating agencies. There are a few that have popped up and really to, to move forward that way, right? So it's it's not all like that. Like, as, as, as I said, right now, the, the major funds in the world and, and the large companies are actually buying real credits that do make a difference. Um, we're, gonna talk, the, we're gonna talk about blockchain in a second. I just wanna carry on with this for one moment, if you don't mind, which is, let, let's talk about the situation of, you know, the, the, the credit itself. And as you said, it is still a bit of a wild west. And I was very interested in your point there, which is you can't wait for the regulator. So you're, you're saying that what we need is the market will decide. The market, what you're saying to me, I think, is, is if I correct me if I'm wrong, is you believe people are decent enough to think, I want to get the right thing because that's the just thing to do. And eventually the market will go, these are, these are all bullshit, frankly. And these are the- These are, these are all voluntary credits. So the, the, the only reason people buy them today is it's for virtue signaling more, more, yeah, more than anything. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? So, so it, it already is the fact that it's, it's just for the good anyways, right? So if, if you're signaling to people that, that, that you're doing well for the environment, but it becomes transparent to people that, that you're not, it would have served no purpose, so you won't buy those credits, right? the The problem today is that it's very uh, opaque. You, you, nobody knows yeah. what people are buying. It's it's again a lot more like the diamond industry, and this is a problem that's being created partially by the registries, a lot by the brokers, and 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 the fact that uh, it's the opposite. People have been shunned from creating marketplaces. So it's you 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 mentioned blockchain. All these registries. Are, are very averse to the idea of, you know, these things being recorded transparently and traded between people, because that exactly brings to them a lot of efficiencies. And, and right now, people are making a tremendous amount of money from the inefficiencies. That's the problem. Yeah, this accusation, which, and this is why I say to you that, particularly in the UK, which is our principal listening audience, but we have a global audience as well, you know, people are very still dubious about the whole idea of offsetting and carbon credits. Uh, th there's this element here where, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a big fraud trial in the UK, but it collapsed because there wasn't enough information to it. Exactly what you said, it was so opaque, you couldn't prove one way or the other if people <laughs> were being ripped off. It seems to me that unless the way the finance markets are regulated, this won't change. So before we talk about blockchain, do, do you think governments could start to do this? Do you think there could be something from the World Bank or something like that? Regulation where it should come in is just penalizing companies that are greenwashing, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. where the regulations should be really focused on, not on regulating the carbon markets. That'd be a horrible thing because it would, it would actually make it more difficult for people to enter it. It'd make it more difficult for farmers to come in and 
everything to happen there, really. What, what you want is people not to lie, right? So, and, and at the end of the day, that, that should fall on the people that are buying these credits and getting that social status for having bought it. Or in the case of the compliance markets, and as I said, the, the, the line is getting blurred now. It's actually, you know, uh, criminal if, 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 if you're really uh, not being honest there, because that's your obligation to society yeah. to, to not be polluting as, as much as you are, right? I suppose, so, I suppose um, the thing is, you know, because it's, as you say, it's, it's virtue signaling in the first place, I'm being good. And then if you get caught out, Apart from reputational damage, how could you be sort of, what are we talking about? Who would find them? Do you know what I mean? Because like, I'm saying I'm doing good, then you find out I'm doing bad. You just expose me. Absolutely. So if, if a company is trying to lure investors and bring up its share price by, uh-huh. by saying they're so okay. good at green, yep. that's something that, that, that a securities regulator should absolutely be on top of, right? That's, that's where you need the regulation, right? Yeah. But so that's one side of regulation, which is good regulation that that's good for the consumer. That's good for the planet and and investors. The other kind of regulation is saying, you know, we're going to make it so difficult for you to to actually prove that that, that you, you know, generated a carbon credit that only a handful of people will do it. That'll bring more inefficiencies and actually more of the wrong kinds of people doing it because they're the only ones that will actually go through the trouble of doing it. Right, it, it, it'd be driven by the brokers. Do you believe there'd be more in, inequity if, if it's done that way? If you regulate yeah. the actual oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's 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 exactly what what you want to avoid, right? So the regulations really should be here focused on on the company's claims. Yeah, and uh, let's let's keep the carbon markets very open because that that actually is a is a great thing I think for society. All right, let's talk about blockchain. Now, this is another one. Uh, you've done very well so far, you know. <laughs> you've done carbon credits. Let's, let's do blockchain for idiots like me. Okay, what the hell is a blockchain? A blockchain is, is essentially a spreadsheet that everybody globally can write to, read from, and, and, and nobody can, can lie about what they've written in it. So like That's an Excel spreadsheet, right, that I, I pass from me to you. Yeah, you, you can see. We, what we I've all done. we all have one copy of the spreadsheet, and it's right. always in sync. And and nobody can lie about what they've added or deleted from it. So the idea is that that with blockchain you get more integrity in financial dealing. Yeah, I mean, well, that's 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 what banks really are. Banks are just a database, if you think about it, right? With yeah. with some dressing on top of it, they're they're really just an online ledger. And, and the whole monetary system is that as well. So blockchains bring a lot of efficiencies because you don't, you don't need to trust and worry about having the right agreements in place and, and all the machinery that, that comes with the finance world to make sure that, that nobody's cheating, right? So everybody's on the same page as to what was traded, what was you know, transacted, and, and nobody can double spend, for example. Uh, you know exactly you know, who sent what to who, it, it brings a lot of transparency. Let's call it the Internet of Value. And you, you, you've launched one of these sort of exchanges using this. Is that right? I, I was a very early investor in the space. So, I mean, when I, when I, when I got into the space, Bitcoin was worth five cents. And uh, I, I, I was an early investor in a lot of the uh, early startups in the space, which are now much larger companies, obviously. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, if I'm a company and I want to do something that shows I am. And, and let's be honest, I, I've met many, you've met plenty of people, I've met plenty of people, and we all know 
who's kind of lying. But we kind of also know, I, I can only speak for myself directly, there's a lot of people I know in many companies who genuinely care, right? We're all, we've all got families, we've all got sort of either relatives, kids, whatever, and you look at what's happening and you can see that actually we ought to stop messing this bloody place up that we live in. So I do yeah. think there's a lot of genuine people who want to do good. Yeah. What, what do you see the benefits of exchanges like yours and others that will pop up using blockchain? What will that give me if I'm trying to be honest and say, right, I want to reduce my footprint, I want to buy a good credit. What does it give me? Does it give me confidence? Is that what you're trying to sell? What it gives you is, is a marketplace where things are determined properly. So combined with, with understanding where the projects come from and yeah. having a detailed view of the projects, each of those projects becomes like a little company that go up in value or go down based on how good those projects really are. In the short run, there'll always be inefficiencies. There'll, there'll, there'll be scams in the short run as well. But if you look at what will happen eventually with, with anything is that people will kind of understand very well, not kind of, actually very well understand where things stand. And, and you know, the, the efficiencies you get from a marketplace come into play. So if, if something is complete nonsense, you know that maybe for a short period of time it will go up. But then, you know, as more people discover what it's about and, and uh, things happen, you know, people write about it. It's very easy to, to send out signals today on online social networks and whatnot. That price will become what it should be. And that's, that's what an open marketplace really brings you. So like, like with, with the diamond industry, you know, that's, you really can't have a centralized marketplace for something like this, because first of all, each, each diamond is non-fungible and just the community of let's let's say you're a diamond you know producer in in India and and you're uh, you have just a very limited uh, space of, of selling to right it's 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 not something that can be turned into a stock exchange with a lot of volume a lot of players to to get that kind of discovery you yeah. know uh, intelligence comes with having lots of people guessing on things so there's there's experiments for example where they'll ask you know one person what's the weight of a certain cow? You will almost always get that wrong. You have no idea just as much as me. Well, may, maybe you do, but I, I certainly don't know yeah, how yeah, much it's going to weigh, right? But if you ask 10,000 people, you will come to an extremely accurate number to, to what that cow weighs. And that's, that's, mm. that's what markets bring. Uh, and, and there's an actual ex experiment with cows that, that, that somebody did. I, I, I just remember reading about that. That's, that's why I mentioned it. That's the efficiency that markets bring two things because people can value things properly yeah we, we we come to an agreement of what the value is because and that's basically it that's always been it we, you know what is yeah. what is one dollar one pound worth we we all kind of make a bit of value because we just know what the system is we all yeah. yeah you can you can you can fool some of the people some of the time but you yeah. can't fool them all the time right all the people yeah, yeah. all the time that's 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 really what markets you know bring right and and this is a very this, this should be an extremely efficient, highly used, and, and we know it's going to be a lot more liquid than it ever has been, dramatically so. So, you know, these, these things are getting more popular every year as the world's problems get bigger. So you're, you're going to have a really efficient marketplace, and that's, that's what will ensure that these things, uh, you know, work. Otherwise, they'll never work. Today, they're not working. Yeah. Because yeah. today, you, 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 you don't have that efficiency. It's not a bad idea. And by the way, so I mean, I mean, you know, it shouldn't be a decision between taxes and cap and trade. It it should be both, right? So so you know, 
people who are against carbon credits, and, and you look at things like the Green New Deal and whatnot, uh, there, there's no reason why you should have one or the other. You, you, you should actually have both. And, and then things will actually work a lot better. We, sh we should be taking the environment more seriously. And that's, that's the bigger scam that, that, that we are today. Before I go, um, there's one thing I want to ask, which is, and I've really enjoyed this chat, but let's talk about the fundamental, right? You've got an exchange, fair play to you, and that you hope this develops, and you'll make money. And there's nothing wrong with that. Our, our whole motto is better business, better planet. We haven't got anything with people not making money and making profits out of all of this. But the thing we've got to do is do good. If these carbon markets develop as, as you hope, how confident are you that at the end of the day, it just... It just doesn't end up with the same thing, which is just, and, and I fear it will. A lot of people making lots of money. And actually, like you say, the farmer in Indonesia or India or the Philippines or whatever, or Africa, still in the same crap situation they were before because they're being done over by, by the, the corporate machine. How confident are you that this will create a just way of making sure the, peer, the poorest, who are generally the people suffering the most from the effects of climate change, get what they deserve from these new systems. I'm, I'm confident this, this will be the most just way that, that we can implement things. It doesn't mean it will be just, it, it just means it will be the, the best way we can do it, right? Because what's yeah. the alternative really, right? So we, we, we just have to make sure that, that we bring it the efficiencies it needs and there'll, there'll always be edge cases, as, as, as I said, right? But let's, let's make it a system that for the most part, if you look at it statistically, is working, right? And I'm pretty bullish on that. You know, uh, unfortunately, emerging markets have always had the short problems, end. <laughs> That's uh, not going to change, I think, with anything. And, and uh, it's, it's an unfortunate situation. But, you know, uh, just because it is the case doesn't, doesn't mean that we shouldn't be keeping checks and balances on the environment, right? What are you doing about your own operations and the carbon that you admit? Do you, do you buy credits yourself or what do you do for offsetting reasons? No, I, I, I don't buy carbons myself. I, I personally, like as, as a, just an individual, live, live a pretty low carbon, uh, I, I have a pretty low carbon footprint in, in any case. Um, but what about your companies? Yeah, so it, it depends. I, I mean, I mean, some of my companies are extremely low carbon footprint, but I, I, I also am I'm a lead investor in, in some mining operations that are extremely high impact as mm -hmm. far as they are to, to the world, right? But we can't live without mining either, right? So yeah. that's, that's, that's the other side of the equation, right? You can't ask a uh, poor guy in Africa or India not to run their you know, diesel engine to cool themselves when they're literally the, the, the people that are, that are the worse off when it, when it comes to climate and, and yeah, dying yeah, of, get, of heat, yeah, right? I get you're, it, you're, absolutely. You're pulling, you know, wet bulb temperatures in those regions, actually, yeah. right? So, I mean, you know, that's, that, that to me is, is more of a um, hypocritical stance than, than, than to say you don't need industries that, you know, we, 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 we should do away with industries that are uh, heavy polluters. I mean, I mean there's, there's no other way we can survive, right? Yeah. And all the carbon credits in the world won't, won't offset or negate the damage to the environment that, that some of those mining companies that include lithium mining companies that I'm, I'm a lead investor in, right? Yeah. And, and that's, um, you know, unfortunate. But what, what, what we need to do is also understand that the main problems with the environment aren't going to be solved by carbon credits. We absolutely should have them. 
we should do everything we can to help, you know, and, and having proper checks and balances are the most important thing. But the bigger what, what are you doing? Yeah, as a shareholder in these business, what are you doing to try and reduce? And, and I get it. And I, I totally understand. There's a cost of digging anything out of the ground, whether it's black or silver. I used to own one of the largest Bitcoin mining companies, and that's something I would never participate in again. Right. I, oh, I, I haven't since about 2017. And I, I'd, I'd refuse to actually get involved with something that, you know, especially an online uh, operation, you know, in any kind of online business yeah. is is the easiest type of business to to make carbon neutral because data centers can be located anywhere, mm. you know, and they they run on electricity. And, and that's the easiest place where, where, where you can actually use renewables, really, as far as an industry goes. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 something that I completely stand by. And uh, I, I have the other, the other ones, you know, I look, I'm not, I'm not having a go at you. I, I get it. You're running business. But if you, you're promoting these, the, the, these blockchain things, I'm just checking that you, you're trying to do what you can do for your own businesses that you're sharing to reduce their carbon impacts. Absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, uh, what, what, what I was about to say is also, you know, Eddie and I are extremely interested in some, some of the deeper problems in the environment. And that's something we're, we're, we're looking to address as well, which is, you know, getting green concrete, right? Concrete that yeah. doesn't cause the damage that, that, that it currently does. Green steel, right? That's extremely important. Regenerative agriculture is something we're extremely uh, involved with right now. And I think, I think these kinds of things have a huge impact and, and will be the real breakthroughs we need in, in developing these kinds of technologies. Well, I think we're out of time, but Shinam, thank you so much for joining us on the Net Hero podcast. It's been fascinating to look in the world. of My, my pleasure. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks for your Thanks time. Thanks so, so much to me. So there you go. There you have it. The world of carbon credits and blockchain. I think it's one of those things that uh, definitely I find confusing, but hopefully that podcast helped you out to understand a bit more. And it's definitely the way we're going. And in fact, in next week's podcast, we'll be talking about the other side of that, which is all about carbon capture and carbon credits, what they actually mean in terms of fixing carbon. A uh, couple of last things to discuss before we go. We'll be moving office soon, so we'll be telling you about that, but uh, we'll be moving to some new offices, which are much more, they're not quite net zero, but they're definitely much more sustainable. So we're, the team's looking forward to that. Um, our program uh, is starting to come together for next year's Big Zero show. So again, we'll be talking about that in the coming weeks. But more importantly, what we really want you to do is to uh, subscribe to the podcast. You'll be starting to get an email which gives you highlights of what we're doing and asks you to join. So if you like the podcast, please do subscribe to the email that's coming your way. Share it with other people. And if you want to be featured, then just email me, nethero at futurenetzero.com. Until next week, see you soon. You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Sumit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. futurenetzero.com. Better business, better planet.